Hey everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Involution. Today, David and I tackle chapter one of Jordan B. Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. And again, my phone was acting up, unfortunately. It's it's worse in the beginning, so hopefully you can get through the few spots that just seem to chew. Chop up, I am currently about to go into the Apple store to fix my phone and I'm hoping that will resolve these issues that keep coming up with uh, my audio. David sounds perfect, so that's good. Um, So anyway, thank you for listening and please comment on Facebook and let us know your thoughts. I'd be really interested in hearing them. Hello, Katie. Hey, Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you today? Can, I'm a little frazzled, but can you hear me okay? Because our last recording had some weird byproducts that I think is due to my phone kind of doing weird stuff. But do I sound You sound like Katie Burke. Clear? Okay, with no static around? <laughs> no. Oh, good. Okay, well, perfect. Yeah, so I have a, a plumber in the house. And I put the puppy in the crate, and she's screaming. I can kind of hear her in the distance. <laughs> and then I put the kids on iPads with um, a movie to watch because mm-hmm. John is not at home. So this will be a slight miracle if we can get through it without interruption. Well, it's, <laughs> interruption. It's, it's perfect. So welcome to the spiritual involution, everyone. Involution. Welcome. In- welcome. And today we are, tell us, what are we tackling today? Well, I've been diving into Jordan Peterson, who is a controversial and I can't quite figure out exactly why he's controversial, but um, he wrote a book. Well, he's, wrote, he's written several books, I think three now. His latest one just came out, but this one's called 12 Rules for Life, and yes. his first one was Maps of Meaning, and my understanding is Maps of Meaning was more of a philosophical hard in 12 rules. So yeah. I've listened to a lot of his podcasts and have yet to read his book, although I'm starting to read 12 rules life, even though I've kind of listened to it, I think along the way in little snippets for through, yes. like, you know, connecting all these different podcasts. But I think they um kind of cool that they are things to make your life more workable mm-hmm. rather than, you know, some sometimes things just seem so nebulous and and you're not sure how to actually implement them. And yes. he has a very straightforward way about him. And that's why he's controversial. Bluntness is kind of the thing that seems to rub people, some people, the, the wrong way, inevitably, I guess. Um, but I'm hoping that us speaking about him will not be rubbing anybody away. And we can delve into at least the first rule. And, and maybe if it goes over well, we could go through each rule, or at least yes. the ones we like. <laughs> I have I have listened to the audiobook, uh, the Twelve Rules for Life, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And and I remember speaking uh, Jordan B. Peterson's name from my pulpit, and and I got some um, some backlash, and the backlash surprised me because people said that he is controversial, and I I personally could not find from where the controversy came, and so I just stopped looking because it occurs to me that I want to take my good wherever I get it. And this book in particular, I have found to be very helpful, straight up and good advice. And the first rule is stand up straight with your shoulders back. Right. 
And what I mean, should we should we dive into why that might be a very useful thing for people who are on the spiritual explorative path? Oh yeah, let's go for it. So what I remember about um, that particular chapter, stand up straight with your shoulders back. It 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 for the person standing exerts confidence and for some even dominance. And let let's put the word dominance aside for a moment. I think what happens when we stand up straight with our shoulders back, that we're showing that we are accepting responsibility for whatever it is that's happening in that, that particular moment. I remember um, doing some reading, Katie, that, that um, research will show that physical stature, you know, like even a small muscle movement can actually affect your emotions. So by standing up straight with your shoulders back, it literally sets you to be powerfully in the presence of whatever you got going on. How did, how did this chapter land on you? Well, I was reading it yesterday in physical form and I was highlighting like a bunch of things. But yes, I mean, the end is really about that. But what I find really interesting about Jordan Peterson and also I think what gets him in controversy actually is he comes from this place that is so deep in evolution like he's going back and he references a lobster in his chapter about this Mm -hmm. which is really weird you're like what does a lobster have to do with with you know standing up straight and he goes back to the lobster because the lobster existed was in existence before dinosaurs and the neurology of a lobster although you know, we're not lobsters, is similar to ours in that when a lobster becomes defeated, his serotonin levels actually go down and the Uh lobster then it displays cowering, like weak um, sort of looking body. And what that does evolutionarily is it allows the hierarchy of dominance to occur without the species killing each other. So while there's limited space there in the ocean for the lobsters to find home, when they've established this hierarchy, it can be seen by a quick display of the body and even pheromone that I guess shoots out of their eyes can let the Uh other lobster know, Hey, look, we've already associated who's kind of got, got the higher rung here. You don't want to battle me. And it, it's interesting because that serotonin level seems to happen in, well, in birds, he mentions the wren and Uh, I just find this idea of the structure of the hierarchy to be so foundational that it goes below culture and goes below um, a lot of life. It's like a a really root, it's a root foundation. And how does Mm -hmm. that, what does that mean for us as human beings relating to the lobster? And what I was interested in is when he associates the, the shoulders back, it reinforces the, the feedback that you're getting. So if you are going to represent yourself in the world as a defeated law, say the world is then going to feed back what it's seeing to you. Be caught in this loop of um, being the exact thing that you kind of don't want to be depressed, feeling down or whatnot. And, and I granted, this is probably oversimplification and there are times when you do hit the bottom and you are the, the bottom lobster. Right. But uh-huh. In any case, let's say you are the the bottom of the bottom. The best thing you can do is start to present yourself with your shoulders back so you get rid of that feedback loop and the world starts to see you and associate you 
as the the king lobster, you know, and then your serotonin levels, your actual chemistry start to change. And then all of a sudden, what started off as kind of faking it till you make it starts to become something true. And I just thought that made a lot of sense. And I, you know, the one caveat that I would give and, and a, a small problem I have in reading it is, is it's, it seems too good to be true if you are the person that was really victimized. You know, if you are a true victim and you are at the bottom, it's such a hard task to do that. However, I do think it's probably the best thing you could try to do because the other option will only further push you down. Yeah. But I don't want to invalidate somebody's experience at the same time. You know what I mean? I do. And that was a beautiful, beautiful presentation, Katie. Um, that that uh, what we're talking about existed um, before humankind, that this neural wiring is still alive right now. And it has nothing to do with politics or gender or race. It is it is um, part of our DNA way, way, way deep and underneath all of the uh, the, uh, the separating factors. I remember I remember learning, I don't know, a few years ago in some, it was one of our office trainings, they were telling us that there were power poses. And, and it was actually a lot of fun because everybody in my staff stood up and they did like the Wonder Woman pose, you know, where you stand, you stand up straight and you have your feet maybe shoulders width apart and you put your, your hands in fists, but you put your fists on your hips with your, your elbows pointing out. They call that the Wonder mm. Woman pose. And they say, if you hold that for 60 seconds, your, your actually body chemistry begins to alter. Another thing to do is take up a lot of space. Like, like if you're sitting in a chair, um, if you're sitting in a chair, uh, lift your arms back and put, put your palms behind your head, you know, like you're, like you're stretching or yawning and it, it opens up your chest and it puts your shoulders back. And they say that your body chemistry begins altering. This is very helpful. Especially like you got to give a presentation or, or you have to have a conversation with your kids or your spouse and you're, you're um, feeling insecure. Try a power pose for just a moment and watch what happens. Actually, I was doing it I while you were talking. Useful. It does. It does make me feel better. Um, oh, like yes, out in the woods in this pose right now. Um, oh, I just love it. Hey, Katie, I'm sorry. I have to divert for just a moment. Yes. Tell me about, tell me about the picture that everybody saw in social media of you in a bikini with high heels pushing a snowblower. <laughs> well, that's definitely taking it away from this topic. Although I was pushing it with uh, my shoulders back. You know, I was very proud. Yes, um, you were. Until the neighborhood boy walked by. Then I cowered behind the machinery in, in sheer embarrassment. Mm. But it all came out of my husband jokingly saying the night before, so you're going to get out in your bikini and, uh, you know, blow the yard. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And this is, mind you, I've been dressing like such a bum these days that I'm, I'm, I'm a little ashamed at how <laughs> the lack of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? concern I have for how I'm presenting myself in the world right now is partially because I don't leave the house very often. So I've lost the desire. But anyway, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to show them. I still got it. I'm going to, I'm going to, and it'll be funny. So I got out there, you know, <laughs> and did, I, was, I only lasted like two minutes. It was freezing. But of, of course, it's like, 
no fail. I feel like anytime I do something that's slightly embarrassing, it gets worse by somebody else witnessing it. Like there's no one ever on our street. And of course it's the teenage boy that walks by as I'm doing this whole stunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> so that's standing up straight with yes, your shoulders yes. back. In some ways. I don't know what I was uh, inviting into the world at that point, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I did highlight something in his book that I thought goes along the idea that you're talking about of it not just being physical like body and your mind or uh he writes jordan uh-huh. peterson but standing up straight with your shoulders back is is not something that's only physical because you're not only a body you're a spirit key as well standing up physically also implies and invokes a demand and a man standing up metaphysically Standing up means voluntarily accepting the burden of being. And I really like that last line, standing up, voluntarily accepting the burden of being. And to me, like the opening of the chest is like a vulnerable state, right? Like you're open to attack in a way, but you're like fully embracing being, which is so full of every emotion. Like you, you will be hurt in this position. You will, you will also experience joy at its heights. You will be engaging with life, like at this really open capacity. And that's both scary and thrilling. And I think there's something magical in that idea. Hmm. That moves me. I didn't know. I don't remember him using the word metaphysical. He did. Page 27. Wow. <laughs> I love it. So then let me ask you, uh, just checking in, how are things in your household right now? With Tina, the dog, and the kids on the iPad, and your husband not home. You know, it's, it's, um, it's just a struggle to find alone time. So, you know, I really value our podcast, and I don't really like using the iPad as the babysitter, but in some circumstances, it just seems warranted. Um, and the puppy is, is a puppy and the moving is the moving. Um, so I'm always trying to find like, a that, that space between not feeling angry that my time is not always what I want it to be. So even when I'm in meditation, Mm -hmm. I always sit down and I, I already acknowledge I might get interrupted because if I go in thinking I won't, it turns into a yucky feeling when I'm interrupted rather than accepting that it'll probably maybe happen. Um, And that's just motherhood, I think, with little kids. And then you add the puppy in, it probably doesn't help. And then the plumber. But (laughs) I did my best to, Hmm. you know, make sure it was all all there. But, uh, you know, I don't know how that relates to standing with your shoulders back exactly. I mean, I'm... I I think, you know, there's some things like when I read this chapter, I see I need to work on myself with um, just in terms of, of really allowing myself that vulnerability to be hurt, I think is where I struggle with pulling my shoulders back. Um, and I, I wonder if a lot of people do this. It's just instead of allowing things to come, it's like you metaf- metaphorically, I'm hovering to kind of protect certain parts of my being so they're not open and that way they won't get hurt. But I know that that compromises the ability to truly live. Yeah. And so, so when I read hmm. certain things, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it feeling like I have work to do as well. 
I don't think I have work to do in the sense of like standing up for what I believe in and voicing my opinion. I think I'm pretty good at, at not um, backing down from things that are yes that are actual visions. But when it comes to my personal life, that's where I see my my lobster that's kind of crouched, you know. Um, even with eye contact, sometimes I have issues with eye contact with people because I just don't. It's like intimate. It's very. I'm. If that's the shoulders back, right? Like really engaging with a person. Um, so yes. those are the things that came up when I was reading it, because you know, I don't want to say I have all these rules together by any means. <laughs> I don't think I do. Well, I find that I will have different body postures, different eye contact level, depending on who it is that's driving the bus in any particular moment. I'm not always the driver. Sometimes I don't want to be the driver. Sometimes I, I, I want to be beta and not the alpha. And sometimes I want to be the alpha and not mm -hmm. the beta. Be so um, <laughs> that probably made no sense whatsoever. I had perfect clarity in my head about No, that. I get it. But I wonder if it's a choice when you choose to be a subordinate role. I mean, that can't always mean that you're being the crouched lobster. Is there a power move in that? No. Not in the power in the sense of like power, but like, can you consciously choose to be the subordinate role while maintaining that openness? Like to me, the, um, the, the, the inward feeling of crouching is, is a weakness in the sense that I'm not willing to embrace, like it's a fear. I know I'm hiding behind something because I'm, I'm like scared. And I don't think that is what I want. I think I want to be consciously standing in a place. And that could be very well be being the beta or the alpha. Um, I, don't think the, I don't think either is necessarily right or wrong. It's just, uh, am I making sense? It's the choice and it's the beingness yes. in that place with full awareness that that's your choice and where you want to be for reason, for a reason. And one can still be a beta and stand up straight with their shoulders back because you're showing you accept responsibility for the role of being a beta in that mm -hmm. particular moment. Like there, there are times when decisions have to be made about um, uh, the house, remodeling, moving, um, uh, chores, etc. And there are times that I just don't care. And I, I don't, I, I'm very happy to take a back seat and do whatever is instructed. You know, follow any instructions that are sent to me. And I can still stand up straight with my feet, shoulders width apart, and my shoulders back as I smile and say, yes, right. sir. And then from an evolutionary standpoint, I couldn't help but wonder if we need the crouched lobsters. You know, like, um, it's interesting. I'm reading two opposing books right now, The Twelve Rules for Life, and uh, Thomas Sowell, who's also a controversial figure, book on economics which john was teasing me about because anyone who knows me knows like completely unaware of anything financial or money i'm just like not interested in it until i am and recently i've been really drawn to it because i've been looking at economics in a totally different light like it's um and it's connecting with this idea of evolution for me as i'm reading this book of there being finite resources and the only way we can logically structure around finite resources means we have to give and take. There has to be, um, there's never a perfect solution. It's always trade-offs. Trade-offs is the thing, right? And 
the example of the lobster, it's like, yeah, you're at the ocean floor. Not everyone can have the biggest, best rock to hide under. And so you have to establish a hierarchy to determine who gets that and who doesn't. And, and genetically, who's going to get their um, offspring to procreate or whatnot. And when I think of the economics I'm reading in Thomas Sowell, it's similar. Like, not everyone can have the beachfront properties. So you have to determine who's going to get that. There's different ways you could determine it. It could be a lottery system where it's just by chance. It could be through war where we actually kill each other and then we're killing off our species. We could do it through, um, you know, what we seem to sort of do right now is, um, what's the word where media, what's it called? Metoc- I'm messing it up. Where it's about your uh, merit, meritocracy. Merit, meritocracy. You know, something like that. Although I think there's some issues there too. It's a very, it's a funny puzzle, right? Because, and I'm just wondering, can we all operate? Is there a better way to operate where we all, can we all be the dominant lobster? Would we function as all of us being a dominant lobster? Is there enough resources for us to be all a dominant lobster? Anywho, Mm. that was my meanderings as I'm reading these questions and I don't, and I don't have any answers, but I I do think it's, Mm. Maybe I'm just the only one interested in it, but I, I just think it's interesting to think of it in these terms of evolution and and structure and order. And he keeps going through this um, yin-yang idea, except it, instead of female and masculinity, it's order and chaos. And the shoulders back is the order. Like it's time that you take your chaos, your unknown, the things you don't get, the things that are causing you strife and trouble. And, and we have to have structure. They have to both exist. If you're too much in the order, then you're getting into um, authoritarianism and, and tyranny. And if you're too much in the chaos, you get into a sense of lost and, and despair. So how to find that balance. Yes. And I thought that was beautifully said and made a lot of sense to me. So what? Que- last week we were talking about questions, like living in the question. So I've been, I've been actually living in uh, well-rounded questions, spending a lot of time finding the question. In fact, last week when you mentioned, you mentioned um, Jane Goodall and uh, the book that you and your kids read together about Jane Goodall being so curious and wondering um, how does an egg come out of a chicken as a four-year-old, I have been exploring that kind of curiosity. So let me apply that here. When you're looking at Jordan B. Peterson's The 12 Rules of Life, and the first rule being stand up straight with your shoulders back, what questions emerge for you? Like, how can, how can you apply this principle? Why would it matter to you? Are there any questions that are up for you with this particular chapter? Well, I just told you my questions, my, my broad questions of just curiosity of an evolutionary standpoint. From a personal standpoint, what arises in me is how I can implement and sort of put a, a reversal on the negative loops that go on in my head. I'm, I'm attached to the, what he's writing about the idea of perpetuating the loops. Like you're going to, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to show off a defeated look, you're going to receive that and then it's going to cycle through. And so in my own mind, what thoughts am I having that are not aiding in producing a cycle that I want? In my own mind, what actions am I doing that might not be 
um, serving me in that cycle? Am I perpetuating a cycle? Uh, and I think that awareness is really interesting. I'm trying to see that in my thoughts and in my actions too, but usually those start with Mm -hmm. thoughts, you know, and that's, that's, that's the question. I don't know if those are questions or, or more like just, you know, I guess it's kind of a question. I'm, I'm inwardly looking to see if, if there's areas I could change by just reframing or even standing taller or smiling. They, you know, they say, if you smile, the same thing happens. Those muscles in your brain are going to trigger a different response. And also the world's going to see you smiling and then you're going to notice people being happier around you. Although with the mask thing, it might not be the same, but. (laughs) That has been a real challenge. The mask part. The, the ability to have um, interactions or um, emotional exchanges oh, with strangers imagine. without, without well, especially for you, expression. because you That's and Mao are just like my idols when it comes to that. I mean, before the mask mandates, you were always so good at introducing yourselves to the wait staff, to the yoga instructors, to strangers on the street. And I just loved witnessing because I could see that you were a catalyst for happiness. Like then the other person got really happy and maybe that changed the trajectory of that person's day because this strange man was so nice to them. And I just loved how you were, you both do that. And so I've, you have always been my model for my push to become more like that. But with a mask, it does seem, it's like, I guess you could kind of still use your voice and use your crinkle in your eye, but it's a lot harder. It's, there is a distance. Well, now more, now more than ever, this uh, rule number one can be very helpful because how you're presenting your body right. says a lot too. Are you, are you feeling victimized? Are you feeling um, abused? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling protective? Are you feeling defensive? Are you feeling... Um, generous, uh, expansive, expressive. Wow. It's funny. I'm, I'm standing up and as I'm talking, my hands are going <laughs> higher and higher in the air. <laughs> cool. What's chapter number chapter two? Chapter two is, let's see, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Oh, yes. That's going to be fun. Yes. Shall we do it? I'm, next, it we it do keeps it next me time? reading. So that's good. It keeps me on point. I get sidetracked very easily. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I hope that spawns some questions inside our listeners and that, um, you know, we don't get in trouble for talking about Jordan Peterson, but I do think it's, he's misunderstood a little bit in the, in his ideas, but. Um, I, I, uh, I, 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 uh, one of, one of, um, one of my mentors, I, re- I remember, I remember so clearly when she said to me, um, David, I know I pushed your button, but I didn't install mm. that button. So, so even mentioning the name Jordan Peterson will push buttons and, and I do my best to, to remove myself from the feelings that I actually installed the button. That's that good pushed. advice. I like that. Okay. I love you, Katie Burke. I love you listeners and friends. Um, thank you for joining us at the spiritual involution to joy. Thank you for joining us and thanks for taking the time out and just, you know, put those shoulders back today and see if you notice a difference. It's like a, an experiment that you don't got much and, to lose. You just put your shoulders back. Just put your shoulders back. 
And go look and go look for the picture of Katie Burke in a bikini pushing Le- the snow or, or not. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, you too. Have a good day, Katie.